What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. I hope you guys are hanging tough out there. I know it is pretty scary right now. California is on fire. Where I am located in Los Angeles, the air is filled with smoke and the sky is an orange gray. (sighs) Well, we've still got each other. We've still got our friends. We've still got our loved ones. We've still got our purpose. And it's important to remember to breathe through this process because we're going to make it through this thing together. That is still true. And it is still true that the world needs you at your best and the world needs your energy and the world needs everything you've got to give. So remember that. So today, today's episode of The Ebb and Flow, I'm getting it out there a bit late, but Tonight, believe it or not, is the kickoff of the NFL season. The 2020 NFL season kicks off tonight, Thursday night football. Texans versus Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. It'll be the first time we see Pat Mahomes take the field after his massive contract deal. We talk a lot about that. Talk about money in the league, uh, the distribution of wealth, as this is a, these are important issues right now beyond football in our culture, in mainstream society. So we dive into that. We dive into what it's going to be like in uh, playing football in empty stadiums. Um, I say we. I'm joined by my role dog once again, Augustus Britton. He's always a great guy to bounce ideas off of, uh, and I love him, frankly. He's, he's one of my support. He's part of my support system, and uh, it's good to have people like that in your life, in my life. I feel very grateful for him. So I hope you guys enjoy this. I'm not sure how many of you guys are football fans, but those of you that are, I think you will appreciate this. I talk about my experience playing in the NFL and try to imagine what it what it would be like to be lacing it up tonight to play in this game, uh, in this season amid covid amid everything going on in the world right now. It's difficult enough to play NFL football than to be playing NFL football in an environment like this. So it'll be very interesting. It was a lot of fun to get into these issues. Um, I'm excited to see how many of you like this episode. This is something I'm planning on doing throughout the football season, perhaps weekly. Uh, While the football season is going, for some reason, I feel compelled to share my thoughts on football in this time. I have a real urge to come back to my roots of what I know and understand in this world and what's real. Uh, Sports are one thing that it's much more easy to discern what the reality of the situations are when it comes to sports. And there's very little solid ground these days and what's happening in our world so that being said i think you guys will enjoy this please as always i thank you so much for your support and your listenership if you guys really enjoy this show i all i ask is that you rate it and review it on apple or wherever you listen to this podcast share it with your friends and family those you think would be would dig it as well um That is the greatest gift you could possibly give me. And I always appreciate your support in that way. Uh, Without further ado, before we get to the episode, remember our partner, the great Invader Coffee. Head over to www.invadercoffee.com. Use code THEEBBINFLOW, all one word, to get 15% off your next order. Guys, I'm telling you, I say this every time. I look forward to it every morning. It's the best coffee in the world. It's low acidity. It's organic. It's veteran owned. They have awesome blends and various roasts. They've even got an amino acid uh, creamer that I'm pretty stoked to give a shot. Um, And that's about it, folks. InvaderCoffee.com. Code the ebb and flow for 15% off. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of The Ebb and Flow. Peace. 
You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination, your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux. Only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come. Testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. And we're rolling. Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of the Ebb and Flow podcast. This is the first ever NFL kickoff companion episode. I'm not much for speaking about sports. However, I have felt compelled to share my thoughts on this upcoming football season as it was a big part of my life for a long time. So I guess it makes sense. The heart wants what it wants. I'm here. I'm joined by my brother, Augustus Britton. Gus, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you. Yeah, man. Hello, everybody. So today, it's Thursday at about 12.30 in the afternoon. We've got our first NFL game of the season tonight. Wow. Chiefs and the Texans. Pretty wild. I'm not even sure what to really think about it. I can't believe it's here. Um, I, I feel like... You know, to me, what's so interesting about this, I feel like this is simultaneously the greatest thing ever and something we desperately need and also the biggest distraction of the year and why are we playing sports again. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I feel like people need to see these stories unfold right now people need to be inspired people need to be people need to see acts of heroism and if that has to come through our sports then so be it there's a lot the energy is really low it's really crazy it's really chaotic it's really hectic it's really desperate the preseason would have been last month right or two or the, three months ago. Yeah, the preseason would have been basically through the month of August. We had no preseason. The NFL opted out of a preseason. I started watching uh, Hard Knocks this year with the Chargers and Rams. And, you know, it's already really difficult to make it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's doubly difficult and brutal for these young guys coming into the league now to not have the opportunity of making the team through the preseason. Right. Because that's where you really shine as a young guy or someone who is on the fringe of making the roster. You can shine and make the team through preseason. Mm -hmm. And that's been taken away this year. There is no preseason this year. Um. I know that they didn't even start padded practices until week three of training camp, mm-hmm. which seems crazy to me. Right. So these guys, this is literally, I mean, they've probably been doing scrimmages in practice, Yeah, but it's not the same. And even for the guys that aren't um, uh, rookies, or practice guys trying to trying to get a bigger role for everybody it's a lubrication to the hits the exactly. preseason i mean it's deeply uh exactly important right it's greasing the groove it's getting prepared to take on that physical punishment that physical toll that an nfl season is undoubtedly filled with yeah you're gonna that's the game that's the grind (laughs) it's it's dealing with 
massive amounts of physical pain and trauma for six months. Oh my God. You know, I had this, I had this thing, I think it was yesterday, you know, and Instagram is interesting in this way because I had just kind of um, peripherally been following certain players because they all, like we said the other day, everybody has Instagram now. So you can kind of see what the guys are posting, see what um, their preseason regimens are, you know, all of their like getting stoked on like. I'm ready to go, you know, this yeah. is the year. Ready one, to rock. One of the guys I had been seeing was Von Miller. So what's going on with and Von? fucking yesterday or two days ago or this, this week, he hurt his ankle and he's out for the season. Oh, wow. That's the, I, I saw the headline. It almost, Denver. it almost makes you not, it, may, it makes you feel like you shouldn't have Instagram for the, for this reason, because it's like. I don't know why. As an athlete, you're saying? Well, As just a, like or maybe even with football in particular. I, this is just this is just a one situation where I was like, well, because you're putting all this energy out there with this imagery of like you're getting. It's just a bummer. Yeah. It's just a bummer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the guy's season is done. He's not playing the whole season. Yeah. And I was thinking of you last night. I wanted you to talk about like. Man, the the hair's breadth away in football you are from a catastrophic injury. And by catastrophic, we mean season-ending or surgery or life-altering yeah. is literally one play away. All t- at all times. I mean, how? what was that like? You can't think about it as a player. You of know? course, of you course. You can't think about that reality because otherwise, you know, you have to be going full speed at full capacity at all times. <laughs> and you just, you can't be thinking about, I could get hurt at any moment. A dude, and it could be nothing to do with anything I did. I could get be in the wrong place at the wrong time and a guy yeah. could get thrown into my ankle or roll my fucking knee up or I could be rolled up in a pile or I can be, you know, there's a million things that could happen. Oh, God, And you just can't be thinking about that as a player. So now, you know, it's really interesting watching Hard Knocks and watching how they, they enacted all of these protocols for dealing with COVID. Uh-huh. Because look, you get you get eighty guys. You get eighty guys into a locker room, yeah, into a training camp. Yeah, how's that going to work? You're so you're 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 putting into play these social distancing protocols. The guys have to get tested for COVID every single day. Yeah, I didn't get to watch. I, I got to episode three of of hard knock so i don't know that it ended this way but up until episode three which takes you basically through the first three weeks of the season uh-huh. no one had tested positive except for one guy on the rams yeah and then there was a quality control offensive assistant who was actually rex ryan's son who's kind of a hard-on i have to say he's a guy i would have fucking laughed at during my career but he he tested positive but then it turned out he got a fake positive mm. what does that mean <laughs> exactly he was told you're you tested positive uh so you have to go quarantine for two weeks mm-hmm. during training camp dude mm-hmm. so if a player tests positive and they got to go quarantine for two weeks you're missing so much you're missing an enormous amount of yeah of course but apparently they're doing a COVID IR situation. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I I applaud. Watching Hard Knocks, I appreciate the NFL's approach. Mm. Because it's like anything else. It's the same conversation. Now there's just this added element of COVID involved. Mm. But it's always, guys, we got to embrace the chaos this year. 
Mm-hmm. We got to embrace the chaos this year. We're going to do what we got to do. We're going to get our work in. We're going to get home safe. Mm-hmm. That was the conversation, though, back when I was playing. Yeah. What What are you applauding them for? I'm applauding them for steamrolling this thing. Steamrolling um, it. Steamrolling through while everyone wants everything to be shut down or at least a, por- a portion of the population wants everything to completely shut down and us to you know, stop living our lives. I actually applaud the NFL for paving a way to just get it done, as always, as I expected them to. I had no, there was nothing in me for one second that said, these guys are going to take a year off. Yeah. That being said, NFL players and maybe pro athletes in general are the top tier guinea pigs. For every experiment that's happening in American medicine and science. Well, it seemed like uh, all the sports are getting it done. Yeah, yeah. In some and I think that's form. good, and I think it's also maybe too a distraction from things that we should actually be thinking about, like cultivating compassion and understanding and dissolving the ego of the, of the collective consciousness, but... <laughs> You know, what are you going to do? We need to be at the same point. Sometimes you get so low that first you need to be brought up to a buoyant, a level of buoyancy emotionally to be able to function, to be able to get to the next step. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that sports are a great way to get people to a a buoyant level of emotional well-being. Yeah. You know, so you're not just scraping the barrel every day. Right. As I feel we have been now for probably the last four or five months since the original quote-unquote flatten the curve initiative was started. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. You said it, the guinea pig thing, and you said that the other day when we were watching that first episode of Hard Knocks, how the NFL particularly... And I could see that. I could see, you know, the NFL players are the guinea pigs for anything. And, you know, partially my thought on that is because, first of all, you're not really allowed to be vulnerable. So if there's any poking and prodding that needs to be done, you guys are the guys that should be able to handle it. Right. Second of all, from my observation, you know, being around you, the, um, God, how did I want to say this? The, I can't remember how I wanted to say it, but poking and prodding around. I mean, for one thing that comes to mind is you come in and the guys are all checking in for training camp. And part of the check-in is you go and sit down and you get your COVID test. Yeah. We're going to oh. swab your fucking nostrils with this thing, whether you like it or not, because if you don't, you don't get to check into training camp. That's what I. That's kind of what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say is there's such an intense fear element in yes. the NFL of losing your job. Right. And you can't go in there and say, I don't want to do this test. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Exactly. Which I think is not okay. I mean, that's not okay. You've stripped these guys of their rights and back to that slave mentality. These guys are like, you know. Yeah. They're like very athletic cattle that can do this miraculous, phenomenal thing with their bodies. And a ball or or a bat, whatever sport you're, well, actually we're talking about football. So, But you're right, yeah. But football in particular, there's such this essence of your body in conjunction with losing your job and very little mercy. There's no room for mercy there. Exactly. Well, did you see another, you know, to to continue to on this point of the guinea pigs? Did you see the clip of the Denver Broncos coming onto the practice yeah, field yeah. and training camp getting blasted with the sanitizer? Yeah, whatever that was. The I mean, mist I mean, sanitizer. Whose idea was that? What are, you, what are you doing? Well, these are. this is all an experiment. But here's the interesting part about this experiment. Because people keep going, everybody's going to get sick. What happens if a whole team gets sick? 
Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if a whole team doesn't get sick? What happens if we go an entire end of this entire NFL season and a handful of guys test positive with COVID and no one gets sick? Then what? Then what did we prove? Well, it's also the the absurdity of COVID being akin to something like the flu, something the disconnect, the in, the incredible disconnect of our bodies and our immune systems in the culture where these guys are in peak physical condition. They're constantly sweating. You're burning through things. So, you know, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. Well, you this spray is part these of the guys thing. with disinfectant and this then they run 50 feet away and start grappling with each other. What are we even talking right. about here? Right. Yeah, exactly. But also, what is the issue? You know, we have this whole thing. Cases are skyrocketing. I don't know if that's true right now at all, but that that seems to be the, the continued narrative anytime I look at some form of mainstream media. And there's a there's a difference. Testing positive for COVID does not mean you are sick. Mm-hmm. People are testing positive for COVID and literally exhibiting no symptoms. Mm-hmm. So what is the issue with testing positive for COVID? Because then you are this cesspool of contagion that can infect an entire population and then potentially get one or two people sick and then maybe a smaller percentage of that die. Yeah, I mean, you had... I don't don't understand, like, what, you know, we're so fixated on these positive cases and yet... Most of these people are exhibiting no symptoms or very minimal symptoms. Yeah, you mentioned that the other day, the stigma of testing positive. Yeah, and we're in this, we're, we're, we're tiptoeing, we're dipping our toes into this pool of, of being where it's not okay to get sick, it's not okay to test positive for something that we don't even really know what it is still. Um. So the NFL is this, as always, as I've said for the last five years when it came to cannabis and everything else, you know, what is the NFL is an incredible container for experimentation and understanding how the human works and how when it is, when a large group of high functioning human creatures are tested with various stimuli what happens and i guess we're going to find that out so hold on one sec and we're back so this will be really interesting so week one of the nfl season i'm assuming we're having no fans no fans in the stands. Yeah, there's no fans. There's no fans. We would know. We would know if there's. What, what are they going to do? What's this going to look like? I don't I'm, know. I'm more <laughs> curious. Also, another question for me is: adrenaline is such an important aspect of sports, particularly with football. If you're going yeah. out to get your fucking head taken off or take somebody's head off, the adrenaline plays a big part, particularly in what you're talking about. About. Yeah not thinking about how dicey this whole situation actually is. Right. The screaming fans, the gladiatorial element of people salivating, throwing turkey legs to each other, you know. It's just like, yeah. how is that going to... Well, I think that's going to be a bigger... That's going to be a, a more influential component this year than COVID. No yeah. fans in the stands. Because this game tonight, this is at Arrowhead Stadium. I've played at Arrowhead Stadium. It is the loudest, most volatile environment to come in and be an, an opposing team. Seriously, dude. No, I know. I've it's volatile. It's, it's loud and now as it's going to be empty? Now it's going to be empty. So that's a huge strange. reduction in advantage for the Chiefs. 
which will, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. I know as a player, one of my favorite aspects of of the game was going out in front of 50,000 plus screaming maniacs. Yeah, it's a huge part of it. That was what I played for. I played to go show how tough and badass I was in front of the world. I mean, yeah, it's like being a stage actor with no audience. What are we doing? Right. You're just, it's another rehearsal. It feels as though it's another rehearsal. Like a practice. So I feel like in many locker rooms tonight, this weekend, on Sundays, for the rest of this season, because I don't, th- I don't see. I, I, maybe they they haven't released any specific guidelines on purpose because they're hoping that at some point down the line this season they're going to be able to have some fans come. Yeah, I'm sure in some limited capacity. Yeah, but I guarantee you, every single head coach, every single position coach, is telling their guys all week. And right up to game day, guys, get you're going to have to get your fucking energy up because there's not going to be the fans. Mm-hmm. This is going to be something completely different and completely new, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to pick up our energy ourselves. We're not going to have the crowd and the energy of the stadium to lean on yeah, or absolutely. to propel us. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a massive issue. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um so the Chiefs Super Bowl champs Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't talk have this first episode without talking about Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mahomes just signed the richest deal in NFL history. Mm-hmm. His deal is worth 10 years, $450 million plus, Mm -hmm. almost a billion dollar contract. Yeah. It's unheard of. It's absolutely unheard of. Total amount guaranteed $141,481,905. How much is guaranteed? $141.5 million. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's based most of it. He's got a pretty, it's so funny. It's so funny how bullshit these NFL contracts. Well, this is what's so interesting. You sign this contract, you announce it's 400 million and then you're like, oh, but actually it's 150 million. Right. Like what, what is this? Well, the NFL is so weird for, I I've got a handful of feelings on this that I want to share. Yeah. First of all, kudos to Pat Mahomes. He, without a doubt, deserves it. He's he's probably the most electrifying player the NFL has seen in the last decade. Mm-hmm. He's an incredible football player. He deserves all the money he can possibly earn. His agent did a tremendous job. His agent is is embattled, the embattled agent Lee Steinberg, who... Apparently, uh, Jerry Maguire was based on. How funny. Uh, he's had a lot of ups and downs. He was, I remember just a few years ago, there were stories of him getting arrested for drunken, running drunken nude through his neighborhood in Newport Beach. Oh my God. So he's had a really rough go the last, over the last huh. 10 years, I would say. Because mm-hmm. when I was playing, he was sort of, in a very dark place. Mm-hmm. But I get he's really emerged and lifted himself out of it. So congratulations nice. to Lee for coming through with a huge deal for his for his client. I think nice. that's tremendous. Great. Great. That's great. But this contract is so absurd. It's so beyond. You don't hear any guys coming to any numbers even close to this. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm looking at the breakdown of this contract, and I don't really need to get into the the X's and O's of it. It looks like a lot of the money is coming through incentives, and I guarantee you he's probably not going to end up playing 10 years yeah. on the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Because they're going to find a way. They're going right. to – It's 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 going to shake out so that they don't have to pay That's him That's the whole issue with more. this shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. The other thing is we have a massive crisis with former NFL players right now. Mm-hmm. Guys need lifetime health care. Yeah. Guys are beat to fucking shit. Right. And I and and it is a you have to literally jump through flaming hoops to get disability benefits, which I would say ninety five percent of the guys who leave the NFL are in dire need of. Yeah. Because you can't do anything. You can't function. Yeah. It's hard to to work. It's hard to get anything done. It's hard to make money. Right. So that being said, you've just spent four hundred and fifty million or, you know, you've pledged to spend four hundred and fifty million on one guy when up until this point there wasn't a contract anywhere near this. I think one of the biggest was, um, you know, Jay Cutler's contract when we were there, and he made he was getting like a hundred twenty million over a significant amount of time, mm-hmm. which he wasn't going to actually get anyway, which he ended up not getting. Yeah, and. You know, it just, to me, it's like, guys, what, what, well, what are we, (laughs) to me, I was thinking about this yesterday because I had figured we would talk about this to some degree, you know, as a fan, as an observer, as an outsider, for every person you see, for every Mahomes, for every Cutler, for every big contract, there's about a hundred other guys that are arguably making making a lot less. Yeah, no a, doubt. A lot, lot, lot less. No doubt. And there's only so many superstars, of course. Um, but what is your what What are you trying to say here in terms of? Uh, the remedy of this? Are you saying teams? I don't. Know, I don't know if there is a remedy. I just want to highlight, guys, when you're telling former players, guys who have given everything they had to the game, that there's n- that you are no longer a part of this. We don't have time for you. We don't have money to give to you. And then you're signing deals with guys for four hundred fifty million, and and this is. I'm just calling attention to this unfortunate reality where money could be, they could take a hundred million of that Mm -hmm. and Pat would still have a massive deal and put it into a trust fund for former players. And this is, you know, and that's the chiefs. It's not all on the chiefs either. No, it's all the team. You know, it's every team. But every team combined right. could be putting a slice of 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 money of revenue revenue of you know all the fucking yeah money even, that they make even if it was just ten million a year five million a year you know yeah. so that's all I'm I don't know it's not Pat Mahomes' fault obviously like I said kudos to him congratulations man you deserve that. You deserve all the money you could possibly dream of, <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not about that. It's not even really about the chiefs. Like uh, in, in some ways to me, it is on the chiefs. It's like, how do you rectify or validate spending 450 million on this guy? And then you're probably giving one of your veteran O linemen a fucking really hard time giving him the runaround over a few million that he's asking, a few million more that he's asking for. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Of course. So I don't know. I don't know. This contract was so, to me, this contract came from fucking Venus because these contracts, these types of deals don't happen in the NFL. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was kind of funny. And honestly, it's not as much when you look at the breakdown of it, what it actually is. It's not as much money as it's as it's written up to be. There's a, yeah, I mean, and also what you said, uh, I, I mean, we we're speculating here, but there is no way he's going to be on the Chiefs all 10 years. Yeah, There's I don't just, I mean, uh, he, he could possibly. Yeah. 
He could. That would I that don't... would be miraculous knowing the track record of the NFL. Yeah. That would be miraculous. Yeah. Well, look at this. So year one of this deal, he's making a base salary of 825K. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not super significant, yet a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He's getting a signing bonus of $4.5 million. Next year, he's making not even a million base salary. He's getting a signing bonus of $2 million, but he's getting a roster bonus for, being, for making the roster at the end of training camp next year. Mm-hmm. He gets $22 million mm-hmm. just for making the team. Yeah, doesn't yeah. have to play it down that season. Yeah. So that's kind of the deal until we don't he doesn't even start making a, a, a an insane yearly salary until let's see year 1 2 3 he's making 1 and a half million with a 27 million dollar roster bonus. Year four of it he's making 5 and a half million with a 34 million dollar roster bonus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Year eight of the contract. Mm-hmm. Nine, ten. Year eight of the contract, he makes ten million. See, this is where it gets dicey. In back to what we first started talking about of the delicacy of these bodies. You have one hit. Yeah, you're hit by fucking. Calais Campbell and, and your buried. shoulder your sh- your your throwing shoulder explodes <laughs> you know yeah I mean we, you don't anything you can don't happen, want that dude. to happen you don't know how many veteran players I've seen mm-hmm. get cut one day yeah and every the whispers around the locker room are like yo dude they owe dude five million tomorrow if he was on the team oh, of course they had to cut him a check for eight million dollars tomorrow if he was if he was still on the team. It's so uh, it's ludicrous, and they do this all the time. I'm they sure. do it with they do. I, I've seen it done to tons of guys. It's, I want to I want to talk about this money fetish though. I need to talk about this money fantasy that we've gotten ourselves into. Talk about that it. I've seen on Instagram too. This thing that I think really needs to stop. It's not going to stop, but it really needs to stop this glorification of money. I mean, this is age old, but it's it's I've seen it more recently on Instagram. This thing where it's this breaking news of the guy's contract Hmm. and we're having this salivation, this. Right. Horrible orgasm of exaltation about this giant thing that has only to do with money. And, you know, I think the UFC is interesting because the UFC doesn't release the money guys make. Shit. Well, that was so loud. Sorry, dude. It's okay. You know, the UFC doesn't release the numbers. Yeah. And I think it's really good for the morale of fans and the players. It's like let's keep this thing so we know so we can just focus on the thing that kind of matters here because we get into this test of what matters. Right. Like it's not even about playing. Right. It's about getting into the contracts and I see this in acting too. You'll show the person on the red carpet and nobody's even seen the movie. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, what are we doing here? We're celebrating the film and no one, we don't even know how it is. Johnny Espinoza's in the new <laughs> indie movie that's groundbreaking. Look at him in this Armani suit on the red carpet. Meanwhile, nobody's seen the movie. So it's like the red carpet becomes more important than the work. Well, this kind of fascinates me at this sort of confusion of all this, the confusion of uh, of priorities. Yeah, you're well, here's what I'll say, Gus. Here's the answer I've been able to come up with. Of Why do we fetishize celebrity salaries, superstar athletes money? And it's because it's an equalizer. It's a way 
for I and I don't know where it started. I don't know how we got to this point where now that's part of the news. Yeah. Yeah. Because all year, all year, every single game that Mahomes plays in, we're going to hear about his record-breaking deal. Yeah. yeah. And how much money he's making. And every single free agent that we hear about this year, we're going to hear about how much money they're making. Same on Hard Knocks. Exactly. Bosa gets a contract. There's a whole half of an episode about the contract. About him getting his fucking contract. After Mahomes, I see breaking news. Watson gets the biggest deal. Breaking news. Ramsey gets the biggest deal for corners ever. It's like, guys. Well, this is the thing, (laughs) Gus. Because now. And then it never ends. But see, now you give the masses. You give the masses the weaponry the artillery to shame the athletes if they're doing anything but being grateful and hum and and humbled and playing the game and keeping their fucking mouth shut Mm -hmm. you're weaponizing their contracts against them Mm -hmm. does that make sense because that's part of it you're creating a rhetoric that says Dude, hey Pat, how how dare you speak out on this? Hey yeah. Colin Kaepernick, yeah. how dare you take a knee during the national anthem and speak out against civil unrest and injustice in the in law enforcement, etc.? How dare you? You're a millionaire. Well, I think that's part of it, but also the object fetishizing we've created. But the Gus, material we're not, we've created. The money obsession we've created. Well, if that, but if that was the only thing. I don't think it's the only thing. But, okay, yes, you're right. You're right. I, I, and I think we're, we're on the same page here. I'm saying that if that was it, if there wasn't something more to it, why aren't we seeing then in mainstream media when Bill Gates... Jeff Bezos, Marky Zuckerberg, all these fucking billionaire technocrats, uh, juggernauts of American industry. Why aren't we seeing the deals that they put up and the money that they make? I think we do. Do we, though? I, think, I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. Not to this degree. Not I will like say this. on Instagram, there's shitloads of these business accounts Gates made another forty billion over the last two months. You right. know, I see that a lot. Well, we're seeing that, and we need to see that. We need to see what the fucking billionaires are making mm-hmm. when minimum wage hasn't gone up in fucking thirty years. Yeah, thirty plus years. It's a joke. And billionaire and the wage gap, the wealth gap, is getting farther and farther apart. We need to see what these motherfuckers at the top are making. Yeah. Yeah. What Bobby Iger at Disney's making. Yeah. What fucking whoever's running Apple, what they're making now. We need to see those numbers. Because frankly, the people at the bottom who are making the whole fucking world run are not making enough money. Yeah, absolutely. And that is without a doubt, obviously clear. 100%. You know, but but our athletes, yeah. it's a part of the enslavement. Mm-hmm. Of entertainment. Mm-hmm. There's this thing in uh, Jim Carrey's book that's mm-hmm. so brilliant. Yeah, yeah, which part? Well, he has this whole breakdown when he's he's going into the role of Mao Zedong. Uh-huh. And yeah. the whole thing just fucking comes apart at the seams. And he's just <laughs> yeah. like, he has this like birthday party that's all, that's yeah, all Mao yeah. themed. And his agents are there. And then yeah. there's these execs from disney who want him yeah. to do this movie yeah and he has a complete breakdown and gives this speech about yeah. how hollywood is decaying yeah. human beings and shit yeah. this is from memoirs and misinformation yeah and so you know and the whole thing is completely surreal and it's you're not sure what it's a dream it's almost a dream the whole yeah. thing but life but then it, it what's interesting about it is it's such a comment on on our reality because it's almost like what is a dream and what is real but so he goes into this breakdown and he he paints his agents there's he he paints his agents really beautifully they're they're 
very much sort of these vultures, but he also paints them in a very human light, but then he mechanizes them in their in their in the in their aspect of the system that they're a part of mm-hmm. being agents who, you know, are using him to make money, to sell him to projects and making him conform and be a certain way because, you know, the movies he's made a few flops and now he's becoming this sort of dying superstar mm-hmm that they're trying to find jobs for, but no one wants to work with him because he's kind of becoming known as a maniac or whatever. Yeah. Or the American public has lost taste for him, quote unquote. Right. And so he has this breakdown at this party and his agents are kind of the ones who stick around and are trying to talk him off the ledge. And they go into this sort this almost demonic robotic mantra. Mm-hmm. And they keep saying, and as he's like struggling to like get free and like close it, get back into his house and shut the door on everybody, his agents are kind of as zombie like figures. They're 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 creeping towards him, mm-hmm. and he shuts them out and leaves them on the in the backyard. And he gets into his house and closes the sliding door. But they keep this mantra going of the system feeds the star. The star feeds the system. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. system feeds the star. The star feeds the system. Mm-hmm. The system feeds the star. The star feeds the system. And he's like losing his mind. Yeah. And it's been ringing in my ears. And that's what this is. This is a, this is an example of that. What's done to NFL players and professional athletes in this idea. It's like, when the system gives you $450 million, mm-hmm. now you owe the system. Right. You owe the system your energy and your conformity yeah. and your willingness to participate in this masquerade, right. whatever it might be, playing in a football game and keeping your mouth shut. You know what's funny on that? I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, for for as wonderful as this money is for Mahomes, the position that he's now put in yes. of responsibility to the NFL yep. is as massive as the contract is. Oh yeah, yeah. Like as massive as you think that con- as we think that contract is, he's just as indebted to just as much energy. Oh, and responsibility to that a hundredfold, man, a hundredfold. So don't be so quick to think, oh, fuck, man, I want not not to. This isn't about downplaying it or making it derogatory. It's just like this is that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a real thing involved there. Exactly. In terms of what he has to give now. Right. It's not, you know, that, and that's every player. That's every player mm-hmm. to an extent. Because, yeah. dude, fuck it. The guy who made the team for a one-year, $1 million deal feels that way, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He feels like he can't escape. There's no way out now. Yeah. Because, God damn it, I have just reached the top of the motherfucking mountain that I've been working towards my whole life. Yeah. And here I am. But see, this is part of the brainwashing that happens in the NFL. Protect the shield. Mm -hmm. It is a privilege to be here. While that may be true, what is also true is you have worked your fucking ass off to get there. Mm -hmm. You've bled. Mm -hmm. You've died. You've given every ounce of your fucking heart and soul and energy to make it there, man. Mm -hmm. that is also true you deserve to be there Mm -hmm. if it was a fucking privilege they'd just be pulling guys off the street yeah if that's all it was they didn't pull you off the street yeah and i'm talking directly to any guy out there who's playing on an nfl team right now or a kid in college who has a dream of playing in the nfl right now it's a privilege to the nfl to have you exactly man 
And don't get that twisted. Don't let them fucking twist you into that. But see, that's kind of the challenge, and I think that's where the NFLPA needs to be stronger. Well, the NFLPA is right? funded by the NFL, which makes it yeah, a that real doesn't conflict make any sense to me. of interest. I don't Look know at this you... deal. Okay, so we got Patty Mahomes. Good for him. It'll be exciting to watch him. It's going to be really interesting tonight against the Texans who I think are probably in there. This year for the Texans is a make or break with Bill O'Brien. And Watson literally signed his deal. like Deshaun Watson, right what was his deal? His was like the second largest before Mahomes, $120 million. I don't know what it was. And look, dude, he got $120 million, but that was his deal. Like $450 million. I don't understand the point of that But what's deal. odd is Mahomes, or, uh, Watson got 120 for four years right. with 70 guaranteed. I like that deal better, I know. <laughs> I like that deal you know better. What the problem, you know what the problem with Mahomes' deal? What? Because in five years... Everybody's gonna get a three hundred million dollar deal right. if this lasts. Right, exactly. In five years, Mahomes is gonna be going. My deal I need, fucking sucks. Now. I need more money. Yeah. Yeah. So, no question. Well, then look at this deal, dude. Philip Rivers. A lot of really interesting free agency moves this year. Philip Rivers <laughs> to the Colts. He got a one-year deal worth 25 mil fully guaranteed. Yeah, I mean. That's the deal. Yeah, I mean, that's a cool deal. And he's in year fucking 15, 16. He's running around like he's got lead boots on. <laughs> well, good for him, though, yeah, man. I'm just fucking with you. It's year good, 17. Good he's awesome. 38 years old. Jesus. I mean, that's good that's, for him. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. So, a lot of really interesting free agency moves. Um, Jadavian Clowney just signed a deal. Like, these guys, it's it's crazy to me the money get, that gets thrown around. Jadavian Clowney signed a one-year deal worth up to $15 million with the Titans. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, big. Jesus it's a billion. Christ. It's a. It's a. It's a almost. It's a hundred. What, what was it again? It's combined. The teams are worth a hundred billion. I mean, it's a. I no, it's was, not that high. No, they just came out with that. Oh, really? Yeah, ninety billion, I believe. What is the combined total gross worth of the NFL? Of the NFL, like all thirty-two teams, it was ninety billion, I believe. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. The Cowboys alone are worth $5.7 billion. Yeah. Their annual revenue is $980 million. The Pats are $4.4 billion franchise. The Giants are four point three. Rams are $4 billion. I mean, yeah. The, every team is worth the lowest team. The least Jags? value. No, actually, the Jags are number twenty-five at almost two and a half billion. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! The Bengals are the are the lowest valuation in the NFL at two billion dollars. That's the lowest. Man, I gotta say, if I'm a quarterback and I get drafted by the Bengals. That's like a graveyard for for like first first pick in the draft quarterbacks. Yeah, I've not. I mean, how many years dude, in a row are they going to do that? I heard horror stories from guys who came from Cincinnati. How many years in a row are they going to do that, Eb? Let me just give you. It's a like taste. they're the first pick every year. They take a quarterback. It's a new guy every year. What are you guys doing? I know. Can it's you a give somebody a minute to warm up? Well, see, this is football is such an energy sport. Football is the ultimate energy sport. It's a top-down, trickle-down system. So that means you think, oh, that's the coaches. Uh, nope. Front office? Nope. Not the GM. Not the front office people. It starts with the fucking owner. Mm-hmm. Literally, it starts with the owner. Mm-hmm. And it trickles down from there. Mm-hmm. The energy translates transcends down through the levels of the operation from the top which is the owner and the owner sets the tone and the energy river of every single franchise yeah the bengals let me tell you and this is this is 
how this comes into effect. The Bengals are notorious for being penny pinchers. Mm-hmm. And they they drive they're as stingy as possible. And that comes from the top down. Guys would say on the Bengals, uh-huh. you were not allowed to take Gatorades home with you. Right. <laughs> what kind of environment is that, That's dude? Awesome. That's awesome. I had full body cramps once a week. Uh-huh. And if I couldn't take home a Gatorade or a Pedialyte or a fucking bottle of water, I would be fucked. Yeah. Well, it's so that's just a little taste of right maybe why cincinnati is you know constantly in this position of you know not being able to do much yeah makes sense so that's all really interesting football is an energy game and it'll be really interesting to see what happens when teams step out onto the field to play games with no fans We'll see how this thing evolves. It's gonna be, yeah. I guess you know the NBA's done a pretty good job. They they they've warmed it up, and you know they've kind of figured it out to where there's some energy now. Yeah, um, it's been interesting. It was sort of awkward in the beginning because it was so quiet. Now they've they've also invited the family in to the bubble. Oh really? I've, I've the families of the players get yeah, to be there. They invited family in now, um, which I think helped. Okay. And I think that's solid. I'm. You know, I mean, but you're know. in a huge eighty thousand seat stadium that's empty. I, I mean, what's going to happen when guys are cursing? <laughs> that's going to be funny. <laughs> We're right? going to see, man. It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, you know, my. Closing arguments or closing thoughts. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know. Do you have anything else? I feel like I've said everything I wanted to say about this, to kick this thing off, what this thing's going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Um, My, what is the one thing you're most excited to watch in the 2020 NFL season? Me? Yeah. (laughs) If there is something. To be honest, I mean, really, there isn't. But if there's anything, I'd be curious. I'm curious how the Buccaneers do. Yep. I'm curious how Cam does. Yeah. Those are the two things that I'm curious about. Exactly. I'm curious. You know, and again, <laughs> back to Instagram. Cam has got a lot of juice on his Instagram that he's like, yeah. you know, he's coming for it all. Yeah. That's hard to do in the NFL because it's yeah. such a team game. You can kind of get away with that in basketball yeah. where you're a one-man show. I don't know if you can win a championship that way. Yeah. But the NFL, it takes a village. So I'd be, I'm curious to see how he does. I'm curious to see how Tampa Bay does. Yeah. And then just, you know, just to touch on what you said again, you know, if we need this or not, I don't know. You know, I think I think as a culture, it's good. It provides a lot of jobs. Yeah. So that's important. Yeah. People need to be working. People need purpose. Yep. Um. So I think it's vital in that way. You know, I don't know if football is really going to affect whether or not people begin to look at their egos and look at their no. spiritual out no. spirituality and internal uh, mountains which is something we need to look at regardless of whether or not football's happening or not. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll see. More will be revealed. Yeah, I agree. More with... will be revealed. I don't know who's watching baseball right now. That I, did, I keep forgetting that baseball looks, is going. That looks really weird to me. Yeah. I mean, talk about an empty stadium that just looks bizarre. I, I don't know. With cardboard cutouts as fans i mean the the most exciting thing that happens in baseball is when a when a fight breaks out i don't (laughs) you know not if you're a baseball fan i don't you know but i think i think baseball is way more fun to play for me than watch that's for sure but it also going to a baseball game is a great it's lovely i love that it's a lovely experience watching it i've never really understood it's kind of like watching golf watching it Yeah, watching it on TV is a great background for taking a nap. Yeah. (laughs) 
The NFL, going back just to close it out with my things I'm most interested in seeing this NFL season, it's Cam on the Pats. For the first time in 20 years, we've got a Patriots team that is without Tom Brady. Has it been 20 years? Dude, I think their first Super Bowl of that dynasty was 2001? How many years is or 2002? Oh, he's he's deep, man. He's in year. He's older than Rivers. He's been playing Rivers more is, than 20 years. I think so. He might be in 20. Let's see. Got to be. I can't. Dude, he's 4 years older than He's 4 years older than Yeah. Yeah. 2000 was his first year in New England. He's four years older than Philip Rivers, who's in year 17. But when did he start playing into his... Was it three years in? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's, uh, let's see. Um, that first Super Bowl... You know what's funny? I was what I think we were, but I was watching that game when Bledsoe got hit. Yeah, he became their starting quarterback in two thousand one. I know, I remember that. Game, I remember. Dude. I was watching it. We we must have been watching it. I remember when Bledsoe got hit. He got his chest exploded. Yeah, because I dug Bledsoe. I know. I, thought, I was. I don't know if it too. was his name, if it was his game. I don't know. Dude, that was Brady's second season. Did they win the, the Super Bowl that year? Yeah, because he took over in the playoffs. They won. That was in the playoffs. He took over in the playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> and he won his fucking first Super Bowl his first year starting. That set the tone for his whole career. I mean, be some interesting coach. Love though. him or hate him, he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's unbelievable. Absolutely. Competitor. I've played against Tom a number of times. Yeah. My rookie year in Jacksonville played against the Pats towards the end of the year. Yeah. They had Randy Moss. And Tom Tom was, I think, 21 for 21 <laughs> completions before his first incompletion. And he threw, he must have thrown four touchdowns to Randy Moss. Wow. It was a bludgeoning. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm most excited to see Cam and the Pats, a new revamped Patriots team. I don't think you can ever count out Bill Belichick. He's a he's a fucking football mastermind genius. Yeah, he's an absolute leader of pro football players. Wizard. You know, I haven't. I've heard guys who have come from the Patriots and they say how tough it is to play there. Mm-hmm. However, I've also heard guys who who go there and they say how much they love being there because there's just this standard of expectation. Yeah. And every guy holds his his end of the line. That's and that's cool. why they're always on top. Yeah. So the Pats with Cam I'm really excited about. It'll be interesting to see how Tom does outside of that system. Uh-huh. I don't think he could be anywhere better with Bruce Arians as the head coach who's yeah. a quarterback wizard. Yeah. And I think also probably a great guy to play for they got gronk that'll be fun i you know as much as i <laughs> i feel conflicted about gronk coming back you know i for anyone out there who doesn't know i know i've known gronk since he came out of high school when he came to the university of arizona when he was just a, a partying puppy now he's turned into the partying rottweiler but um you know rob is a tremendous dude he's one of my favorite teammates of all time goofy as hell loving compassionate just loves playing football and doing his thing but the guys had five back surgeries i've seen him completely crippled and i just hope that he's keeping his body in mind and his future in mind that being said he's he's the most dominant he's also the most dominant player i've ever seen and that w- that occurred to me his true freshman year at Arizona when he was starting at tight end already, yeah, and was flattening safeties over the middle. Yeah, safeties would come in to do the decleater hit on Rob, 
and they would literally crumble. Yeah. It was mind blowing. So, you know, all the best to Rob. All the best to every guy getting ready to lace it up and put the helmet on, put the pads on this weekend. I've, I send you nothing but power and love and protection. May you all have a tremendously healthy season. I Amen. pray that we have no one get sick, no one get injured. We yeah. know that won't happen, but I'm sending it out there anyway. Lots of love to all and any of my former coaches. Tonight, my O-line coach, Andy Heck, whom I absolutely love. And congratulations, Andy, on getting your your Super Bowl win last year. I'm so proud of you and stoked for you. And I hope you have a tremendous season as well, my friend. Jack Del Rio on the Redskins. Got nothing but love for Jack. Taking over defensive coordinator there. He's a great leader as well. Um, and to all you other guys out there who I've spent time with and, and put in the work with, lots of love to you. Blaine. Good luck, brother. Oh, Blaine. Blaine's in Tampa with Tommy. Yeah, man. So let's do, before we roll out, here are the matchups for this weekend. So tonight okay. we've got Houston and Kansas City. I'm going to go Kansas City at home. Yeah, I'm going Kansas City. Okay, Sunday's matchups. We've got Seattle at Atlanta. I'm going Seattle. We've got New York at Buffalo. Buffalo. We've got Chicago at Detroit. Detroit. We've got Green Bay at Michigan or Green Bay at Minnesota. Green Bay. Miami at New England. New England. Eagles at Redskins. Eagles. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders. Whoa. <laughs> at the Carolina Panthers. Carol. Let's go bridge. Bridgewater. We've got the Colts and the Jags. Got. I'm going Jags. Okay. They just got rid of Fournette. That's weird. I don't huh? know. Jacksonville. It's another team, man. Yeah. It's another team. I love you guys, but it's another one that it's the mystery front office decisions. Yeah. It's like every year. It's like, why? Why did they do that? Yeah. Why didn't they sign this guy? I mean, the Bears are like that, too. Why did they cut that guy? Yeah. Okay. Then we've got Browns at Ravens. Ravens. We've got the Rams at, at Bengals. Rams. We've got Tampa at New Orleans. Tampa. We've got the Cardinals at the Niners. Niners. We've got the Cowboys at... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It was Chargers at Bengals. Chargers. And then it's Cowboys at the Rams. Cowboys. That's your Sunday night game. Monday night, we've got, got a doubleheader. We've got Pittsburgh at the Giants. Pitt. And then we've got the Titans at the Broncos. Titans. I like your picks, dude. I, I don't I I always have a difficult time picking. It'll be interesting to see how this thing goes. All right, y'all. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm not sure how many of you out there are football fans, but I feel like this is a good experiment. And if you guys like this, I will be doing this. Gus and I will be doing this every week Yep, throughout this season. Because why not? Why not talk about football? For some reason, I feel compelled to come back to my roots Yeah, right now. Football and cannabis have been two, two items that... I have come to have some expertise in that I feel compelled to share my thoughts on in this wild and wacky day and age. Absolutely. Um, all right, dude. All right. Feel good? Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody. Well, have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. And uh, see you on the flip side. Peace.